tell you about my Jesus. We've been talking about this for seven weeks, laying the foundation for the theme of the year. <clears throat> and the cool thing about this is, is since I've been here, we've done this every year. We've had a theme for the year. The first year I was here was just a few months because I came in August. But our theme was coming together, building those relationships with each other. Um, in 2020, our theme was moving forward in faith. We had no idea what that meant for us as we entered into 2020, but, um, but we did it. We moved forward in faith. And then last year, our theme was do something. It was all about getting involved in ministry and serving God and discovering your shape, your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality and your experiences and how God uses all of that to be able to serve him and his kingdom. And then this year, our theme is, let me tell you about my Jesus. Now, here's the cool thing about it. I have heard more chatter within the church over this theme than any of our previous themes. It's been brought up in leadership meetings. It's been brought up in small group meetings. It's been brought up in just general talk outside of the church building. People are talking about this. What does it mean to, to tell people about Jesus? And we will continue to, to visit this throughout the year. Just like in past years, we're not leaving it after this series. We're just using this series to lay the foundation for this. As a matter of fact, later on this year, we're going to be talking about what's our, what's our different evangelism styles. Different people evangelize different ways. We're going to be looking at specific ways to be able to um, discover opportunities for spiritual conversations and to be able to do that. And, and so I'm excited about this. And I'm excited about the fact that it has caught on so well this year about tell looked at throughout this series comes out of proverbs eleven thirty, and it says the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he who wins souls is wise you see it's wise to tell other people about our jesus because isn't that what we do in regular life anyway i mean if you if you see a movie you really really like do you just keep it to yourself and not tell anybody like you've got to watch this movie I laughed. I cried. It moved me. You got to watch this. It's amazing. If you get good service at a restaurant and the food is absolutely delicious, you got to tell people. Oh, you got to try this down here. It's just marvelous. You got to you got to go down there. If you get good service and you go to buy a car and you get good service and your model of car is just wonderful, man, you got to tell people about it. When something good happens to you, if you go to the doctor, or you go to a chiropractor, or you go to anybody, and they help you, you want to tell other people, oh, you got to go down here. They did amazing things for me. It's the same thing with Jesus. If he has done amazing things for us, then we just got to tell people what it is he's done. The thing is, we get, we talk about cars pretty comfortably. We talk about food pretty comfortably. But when we talk about Jesus, it's like... I don't know. Why? Well, I think sometimes we get caught in this thing called the people-pleaser trap. Now, when it comes to telling people about Jesus, I believe this. there's two directions with this. One direction is we're afraid to tell people about Jesus because we're afraid it's going to displease somebody. 
They might say something, or they may keep that religious stuff to yourself, or, or they may even yell at you or something like that. And so in order to keep the peace, in order to please the people around, we kind of refrain from talking about Jesus. But then the flip side of that same coin is, you know, Tommy and Joe's been talking about telling people about Jesus, so I've got to do this. I want to make sure I please them. And so you just go, like, hey, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. And let me, either one of those are not good, okay? We want to tell people about Jesus, not to please Joe or I or anybody else. But you want to tell people about Jesus because of what he's done in your life. If he's done something good in your life, tell people about it. That hope that we have, that forgiveness that we have, that eternity that we have to look forward to, that's something to share with other people, right? Because it's valuable. It's something you want other people to know about. Not to refrain from it because you want to please people or even to go all out with it because you want to please people, but simply because it's brought value to your life and you want to share that with other people. So what we want to look at this morning is how do we avoid this people-pleaser trap? Not only in telling others about Jesus, but in, but in every regard of our life. Because it's an easy trap for all of us to fall into. We make adjustments. We, we talk differently or act differently when we're around certain people because we want to please them. And it's really a, a dangerous trap that we can fall into. I want to look at Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25, and I want to look at it through a, a, a few different translations here. In the Lord, not in trying to please other people. That may appear to be safe, but it's really a trap. The safety is in putting our trust in the Lord. And then this one is from the message translation. It says, the fear of human opinion disables Trusting in God protects us from that. When we fear other people's opinion, it can literally disable us from doing what we know we should do. It disables us from being who we are. And it controls us and it traps us. You know, when we, when we fall into this people-pleaser trap, there's several things that can take place here. First, we can miss God's will for our lives. I'm not talking about losing your salvation, but I'm, I'm just talking about that God has a specific will for each and every one of us. And if we're afraid of what other people might think, or if we're afraid of displeasing other people, we might shy away from that just to make sure everybody's happy. It can stunt our spiritual growth. You know, we're afraid somebody might consider us some kind of over-the-top Jesus freak if we're always talking about this Jesus thing and, and talking about the difference that he's made in our lives. And it, can, and it can really keep us from growing in the way that God wants us to grow. It can lead to other sins. When we're, when we're seeking to please other people, it can lead us to do what we know we shouldn't do or maybe refrain from doing things that we know we should. And then worst of all, it could cause us to be hypocrites. Pretending to be one way with one person because we want to make them happy. And yet pretending to be another person with somebody else because we want to make them happy. It's a trap. 
And so what we got to do is we got to look at how do we how do we avoid these traps? And I think Romans 12:2 starts us in that direction. Romans 12:2 says, "Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will." When we're constantly being renewed in the way that we think by God's Word, not conforming to the pattern of this world, and definitely not conforming to specific people because that's what might please them in the moment. But we begin to be renewed in our thinking, and we begin to better understand what God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is. We understand His truth. And what it could do for us. And that's what we want to look at this morning. We want to look at six truths that can help us avoid this people pleaser trap. Okay? Now, this isn't a message that when you hear that, when you get to the end of this message, you're going to walk out here and go, oh, I don't ever have to worry about pleasing people ever again. I'm over this. That message did it for me. You know, we're probably not going to get to that point just today. But we will look at some, some truths that can help us better avoid those people-pleaser traps that all of us find ourselves slipping into from time to time. As Jesus said in chapter 8, verse 32 in the Gospel of John, he says the truth will set you free. (laughs) If you're in that people-pleaser trap, truth can set you free from that. So let's look at some of these These truths. Um, The first one. Even God cannot please everyone. Even God can't please everyone. You're not going to please everyone. That's what makes it so difficult because in one moment you got to do you got to be one way to please one person. In another moment you got to be another person in order to please that other individual. And we just got to accept the fact. We can't please everyone. Even God cannot please everyone. Somebody put it this way. I don't know what the secret to success is, but the secret to failure is trying to please everyone. Can't be done. Even God can't do it. Matter of fact, Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 26, he said, woe to you when everyone speaks well of you. Wow, that's a warning, isn't it? If everybody's saying good things about you, whoa, that's, a, that's not a good sign. Listen, a lot of you don't want to set out to be somebody that nobody says anything good about you. Because then that's a completely different issue. But if everybody is speaking well about you, you might want to step back and say, am I really being authentic here? The second truth that can help us avoid this people-pleaser trap is to understand that I do not need anyone's approval to be happy. When we put on somebody else's shoulders the responsibility of making us happy, that's too much weight for them to bear. We shouldn't need anybody else's approval in order to be happy. Rick Warren put it this way. Happiness is a choice. 
You are as happy as you choose to be. What other people think of you cannot rob you, cannot rob your happiness unless you allow them to rob it. Your happiness depends upon you. It is a choice of yours. <laughs> and when we try to, to put the weight of our, of our happiness on somebody else's shoulders, we end up in this trap. And listen, Jesus is wanting to free us of this trap. In John 8, 36, Jesus said, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. <laughs> Freedom is in Jesus. It's not in trying to make everybody else happy, and it's definitely not in, in making our happiness depend on pleasing other people. The third trap, or the third truth to avoid the trap of, of people-pleasing is understanding that what seems so important now is only temporary. It's only temporary. What we sometimes feel like we got to do right now in the moment in order to please this person or to make this person happy or to keep the peace, that is only temporary. And listen, we are living in the face of eternity. We are not just living in the moment. Now, I know for some personality styles that's harder to accept than others because some personality styles are all about the moment. They live in the present. But in, in, in this regard, we've got to understand that what is going on right now will soon pass. And we may think in the moment, man, I've got I to gotta act right, I've got to say the right things, I've got to do all the right things in order to make this particular person happy or to make this particular crowd happy. And that's not necessarily so. 1 John 2.17, the world and everything in it that people desire is passing away, but those who do the will of God live forever. They live forever. We're living in the face of eternity, not just in the moment. The fourth truth is this. I only have to please one. I only have to please one. And he is God. Galatians 1.10, Paul writes these words. I'm not trying to be a people pleaser. No, I'm trying to please God. If I were still trying to please people, I would not be Christ's servant. Now, please don't misunderstand me in all of this. I'm not saying that we deliberately go out and just make people mad. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I'm talking about not being controlled by the need to make everybody like us. Because some people are just not going to like you. Unless you pretend to be somebody different, depending on who you're around. But there's only one that we've really got to please. And that's God. If we, if we make Him happy, listen, just doing and saying the things that make God ha makes God happy, there will be some people in your lives that are happy with you just because you're doing that. Those are the people we need in our lives the most. If what pleases God pleases them, then that's the people you want in your, in your inner circle of people. <laughs> the fifth truth that can free us from this people-pleaser trap 
is understanding that one day I will give account of my life. This is John Maxwell. I think he has the best information on leadership since the Bible. Okay, he's just got great stuff. And there's parts of his, of his teachings that I pattern myself. But I don't try to be John Maxwell. You know why? Because I can't. I can't be John Maxwell. One of my favorite guys when it comes to leading specifically in the church and church structure and the most biblical way to do church is Rick Warren. I love Rick Warren's stuff. But I can't be Rick Warren. I can be influenced by him. I can be taught by him. I can apply many of the principles that he uses, but I can't be him. Okay? Matter of fact, and this isn't really bragging, or at least I hope it's not, I think I preach better than Rick Warren. Okay? I just do. <laughs> he's not an overly dynamic preacher. He's not a guy. He's, he's, he's pretty much a standstill and... But his information is excellent, okay? It is overwhelmingly excellent stuff. But could you imagine me trying to be Rick Warren? I just stand, I mean, he's, he's a laugh guy. He, he likes, he has fun and stuff. He's not boring by any stretch of the imagination. But he's not all over the stage like I am. But that's the way God made me, you know? And Rick Warren shouldn't try to be like Tommy Lanham, Right? People at Saddleback are going, thank God, he's not like Tommy Lamb. <laughs> but God made each and every one of us unique in that specific way. And, and I will tell you, there's, there's many things that Rick Warren has that I, I don't even come close to. And his, his strength is not necessarily preaching. His strength is leading the church through a biblical way of doing church. And he's amazing at it. He, he's the best in the business as far as I'm concerned. But I can't be Rick Warren. I can't be John Maxwell. Because I, I have to be Tommy Lanham. I have to be Tommy Lanham. Each and every one of us, God has created us to be who we are. Brendan Manning put it this way. Be who you is. Because if you ain't who you is, you is who you ain't. That's a Horrible place to be in, right? <laughs> who wants to spend the rest of their life being who they ain't? My favorite singer and poet, Bob Dylan, put it this way. Well, I try my best to be just like I am, but everybody wants you to be just like them. They say, sing while you slave, and I just get bored. I ain't gonna work on Maggie's farm no more. What's he saying there? I don't, want to be, I don't want to be put into everybody else's box. I don't want to be what everybody else expects me to be. And I don't know if he, would, if he would explain it this way, but in reality what he's saying is God created me to be just as I am. So let's just be who we are. Now don't use that as an excuse to be rude or to be arrogant or you know, anything like that. But use it as a, as a way to, to keep out of that people-pleaser trap that, that we all slip into at times. Because God created you to be you. This is what I want to leave you with. Understand this. Happiness is my choice. I do not need anyone's approval.
Is it my neighbor, my coworker, my boss, my employee? Is it my, my spouse? <laughs> Is it my friend? It's got to be God. It's got to be God. Whose opinion matters most to me? It's got to be God. And again, I mean, it doesn't mean that we just look at the world and go, you all mean nothing to me. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. Obviously, we have influences in our lives, and obviously that affects the way we act and, and talk sometimes. <coughs> but we don't, we don't want to fall into the trap of thinking, man, I've got to please people. You've got to please God. As you're telling people about Jesus, sometimes it's going to get scary, guys. One of the reasons it gets scary is because we're afraid of how they're going to react. They might get mad at me. They might hurt my feelings. And listen, I know I'm, I'm, talking, about, I'm talking about this like it's pretty easy, right? You just apply these six truths and, and it's going to be easy. It's not. I know. I know firsthand it's not. But I do believe it's better off in the long run. I believe we're, we're happier in the long run when we, when we don't try to just be people pleasers. We've got something to share with people. And even if they're not wanting to hear it in the moment, listen, you don't know what kind of seed you're planting. They may yell at you. They may cuss you. And five years down the road, they make a decision for Jesus. And it all started because of that first time you mentioned it to me. And they cussed you over it. Okay? If you can't handle that, maybe we need to reevaluate our, our, our attitude. Because it's worth, it's worth being cussed at to be able to tell people about Jesus because he is that valuable. <laughs> Guys, in your bulletin, we, uh, we put one of these cards. If you, if you don't have one in your bulletin, we have a stack of them on the back at the welcome table um, back there. We've talked all throughout this series about coming up with at least one person that you're going to pray for, you're going to look for opportunities to, to have spiritual conversations with them, look for opportunities to invite them to church or to invite them to a special event or something like that. Um, if you haven't done it already, this is your opportunity to write down at least one name. Now, if you're an overachiever and you want to write down one, more than one, uh, we've got a blank on the back side. It's just that you can write as many names as you want, okay? Just don't overwhelm yourself, okay? We're not having a contest here. Who could bring the most people to Jesus? It's, uh, we're not putting notches in our gun or anything like that. We just want to share the good news with other people. And so I encourage you to write down, it before you go to bed tonight, write down at least one name if you haven't done that so far. Matter of fact, I'm going to pray today that you cannot sleep tonight until you've written down at least one name okay so if you forget to do this and you're laying down and you're tossing and turning or this part of the message is going to ring in your ears and you're going to set up and go oh yeah i got to write down that name go write it down and pray for that person all year long put this somewhere where you're going to see it if it's in your wallet or purse or on the dashboard of your car, on your mirror, wherever, wherever it's going to remind you on a consistent basis, I'm going to pray for this person all year long. All year long, I'm going to look for opportunities to be able to have spiritual conversations with this individual. 
all year long, I'm going to be looking for opportunities to invite him to church or some special event that the church is having. That's the purpose of this. <laughs> Let's tell people about Jesus. We may not reach the multitudes, but each one of us can reach at least one, right? At least one person. Let's tell them about our Jesus.